Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. Being knocked out by a kicking cow is dangerous enough as it is. Having it all happen while you're alone adds even more danger to it. Throw in being pregnant and also having your 18-month-old daughter playing on a rug outside the cattle yard would probably make most people stop and think about what is being prioritised on their farm. G'day, I'm Drew Radford and this was exactly the case for Sarah McLean. We caught up with Sarah in the first series of AgVic Talk where we found out about her journey as a young farmer. It's a great story of persistence and can be found on the AgVic Talk website. Today, she's back in the studio to discuss the bigger picture, how putting your safety and health first is the most important thing you can do for your business. Sarah, welcome back. Thanks, Drew. Sarah, you farm over a number of holdings. Where are they? The most of our land is down in a place near Drictric, so very far southwest Victoria. But we also have a um, smaller property in Pernham near Warrnambool. You're kind of unusual, Sarah, because you and your husband have built these holdings up from scratch. They haven't been inheritances, so it's been a lot of hard work, I understand. So we started off with 89 acres at Pernham. We sort of saved hard and bought that and learnt a lot of lessons along the way there. A couple of years later, we bought some land down where the majority of our land is now, a place called Greenwald, and then got some lease country and the business has built up over time from there. You started from scratch, essentially, but you did grow up on a farming property. Yeah, I did. So I'm actually a fifth generation farmer. So I grew up, as most country kids do, you know, helping mum and dad out on the farm. I had a passion for horses and you always get the cattle in for them. And it was just something I just always wanted to do. But I hadn't articulated I wanted to be a farmer. So I went away and studied psychology, but always had in the back of my mind that I actually did want to be a farmer. And I guess having that career enabled me to save some money to then purchase that first property with my husband, Byron. Sarah, the main focus of our conversation today is about farm safety. So you grew up on a farm, fifth generation. Do you remember safety being much of a focus as you were growing up? To be honest, not at all. Um, We were sort of left to do our own thing. I'm sure in the background, mum and dad were working on this to keep us safe, but it's not something that I would have really early memories of. I'm sure I rode my horse without helmets and probably rode our bikes without helmets, you know, and even the machinery back then, you know, there's no cabins on tractors and things like that. And, you know, we used to ride the tractors around and all sorts of things that probably wouldn't fly these days. You are juggling a lot. You've got young kids going on, you're juggling properties around the place, plus, uh, you know, a professional career. Has that led to you, when you're actually on your property, maybe not originally having safety as much of a focus as possibly it could have been? Yeah, and like to be honest, it was a bit of a light bulb moment for me. So we bought that first property in Pernham and my husband was working overseas. Um, as I said, we sort of both worked pretty hard just to get our foot in the door and earn some money and um, buy that place. And I was heavily pregnant with my second child and my first child was about 18 months and she was um, playing on the outside of the yards as I was getting a heifer in that was having trouble calving. And anyway, what happened was we had a really old crutch that had sort of no vet gate or anything and I was trying to put a pole in behind the heifer so that I could put the calf pulley onto it. And she actually kicked the end of the pole as I was 
because I had to sort of bend down because you imagine I've got this you know, massive belly and get this fencing post in behind and she kicked it and it hit me under the chin and I just got thrown back and probably you know, very, very briefly got knocked out um, and so I got up and dusted myself off and it really scared me and not, not because I got knocked out in the cattle yards because it's sort of like, yeah, you know, I was thinking, oh, this is not great when I'm pregnant, but I had my 18-month-old daughter outside the yards playing and um, that was a real moment because there's a creek probably only 100 metres from where we were and while I was alert I could just keep checking her and she'd had some toys there and you know I had a bottle there and she was quite happy doing what I was doing and she didn't even notice what happened but it really it really shook me up a bit and just thought hey I've, I've got to get better here because you know if some, obviously if something happens to your children it just puts a whole new perspective on the importance of your own safety. So was that really a moment of like I've got to change things was it very quick or was it very you walked away and went oh yeah, what can we do better? Yeah, it took time to think about getting better. And I guess being a new mum, you know, it was sort of the first situation where I just went, oh, oh gosh, you know, that could have ended badly. I mean, nothing ended badly. There was sort of nothing that sort of happened out of it. But, you know, it's, I need to keep my kids safe. So therefore, I need to be safe. So I guess now my husband and I were always conscious and we've always got um, farm safety in mind with everything we do. So the first thing I did was obviously upgraded that cattle crush. So now I've got a vet gate, but that was a bit of a luxury in some ways, because as you said, you know, we're young farmers, we're saving all our dollars because obviously got cattle to buy, we've got land to buy, we've got, you know, all the tools and costs associated with running the farm. So you can't just necessarily buy new equipment all the time or, you know, have the latest gadgets and things like that for farm safety. So we've had to sort of think outside the box a bit in terms of how do we operate within our budget constraints and make things safer for ourselves and our kids. So is there any structure that you put in place about making that actually happen then, Sarah? Is there like procedure, planning, or is it just a constant reassessment? Yeah, so a bit of both. We had a bit of a think about what are the risk areas, and most of it is just change in practice and procedures, and it just keeps evolving over time. So, for example, I've tried to upskill in terms of being able to muster with dogs. So say I was on a motorbike or four-wheeler, it makes it pretty hard to get cattle in, particularly if you have children with you. So I went and did a Neil McDonald school and getting increasingly confident with my dogs. And I'm lucky that my husband is you know, quite confident working dogs and has some nice dogs. And so that means I can go out to the paddock and the dogs around and I just walk in front of the cattle and then there's no risk of me tipping a bike over or um, you know having nowhere to put the children because I can either go on foot or I could go in a ute and everyone's safe. So it's all those little things. Also, mustering with dogs, for example, also has the added benefit is in that it quietens or trains your cattle as well. And they're used to seeing you on foot. So then when you get into cattle yards, you know, you're not working in their light zone all the time. They're happy to see you and they're more well-trained to come off pressure and things like that. So it's little things that you don't actually initially go, wow, that's farm safety. But it actually is farm safety because it's, I guess it's making your life easier and you're taking the risk out of it. It sounds like a lot of common sense too, Sarah, but is there also a bit of planning about it as well? As I've mentioned, you've got a lot going on in your life. So is it about actually doing tasks and giving them enough time to do those tasks rather than trying to rush things? Yeah, 100%. So it's allowing yourself time to do the job that you need to do. And particularly with kids, I always pretty much double. If I think it's going to take an hour, I allow two. And sometimes it even takes three hours to do something. But you've always got to think about if you're going to rush something, 
then things happen, mistakes happen. Say you're working cattle and you rush them because cattle know that you're in a rush and all of a sudden they'll start getting stirred up as well. And, you know, you've got to manage fatigue. You know, you can't be tired all the time and rushing around from jobs to job. And I think when you do rush, things actually end up taking longer. For example, if we buy cattle, my husband or I will spend some time with the cattle making sure they're quietened down. And when I say quiet, I don't mean like we can go pat them. I just mean learning to come off pressure, not being upset if they see us on foot in the paddock and things like that. So people say, well, I don't have time to spend that time with the cattle. And we'll even take them to the yards and just give them a dry run through the yards. By that, I mean, we just take them to the yards and take our time and just let them walk through the yard so they know where to go. We don't process them anyway. So there's no injections, there's no pressure. And that's a positive experience for those cattle. And then you say, well, that takes so much time. Like, you know, that's going to be a half a day's work to put some cattle through. But then the next time you yard them, those cattle are so much quieter. The job is so much quicker and there's so much less sort of frustration or um, potential for things to go wrong because the cattle are happy, you're happy and everything works smoothly and smooth has to be quicker anyway. And then every subsequent experience, the cattle have had a positive experience. So therefore, you know, things get quicker. You've got to be effective in what you're doing and that trades off in the time that you spend in terms of the preparation as well. Sarah, have you come to the point in this process of perhaps realising the most important asset on your property is you and also your husband and about protecting that? Is that probably the centre of all of this stuff? Yeah, I, I think it is the centre of everything. You know, we have to enjoy our farming and you know, we know that farming is obviously one of the highest risk occupations. And we also know that farmers also have tend to have poor mental health, maybe suffering often in silence and often not seeking treatment for different mental health conditions. And I guess people don't go, oh, farm safety and mental health in the same conversation. They think farm safety, you know, I need a tractor guard or I need to have a cattle system where I'm working outside the yards and all this sort of stuff. But if you think of farm safety, I think mental health is one of the really most underrated aspects of that because say you're anxious or you're stressed then you're rushed and you make shortcuts or you don't pay attention you're not on the job you're not looking at your surroundings or you know say you've got symptoms of depression your thinking's actually slower your reaction times you've got a lower frustration tolerance you know something might happen and then you become angry or um, you know you don't think properly and then that's when accidents happen um, so I think looking after that enjoyment aspect of the farm is really really important for safety most people just don't sort of think about mental health and safety in the same they go well there's issues with mental health and there's issues with farm safety but really this two are so intimately interconnected so it really is about having i guess the mindset of the people in your farm in the right spot and then i think you'd find that you know a lot of these accidents are avoidable or can be avoided sarah are there avenues that farmers should consider also about getting help for implementing further safety procedures on their properties? There are so many options that you can't really cover them all quickly and it depends what you're looking for. So, you know, obviously if you're looking at infrastructure changes, there's all different you know, industry specialists in that area. So if you're looking at, you know, yards, you've got all your big companies that sell yard equipment and various products have you know, various pros and cons. You know, if you're looking at mental health, there's obviously lots of avenues for people to go and get help and usually starting with their GP to do that. So it really depends on what you want to do and having a think about it and having a plan. Like for us, the dogs was sort of an obvious thing of, well, this is actually pretty inexpensive. And once you do a few schools, you actually go, well, it's actually not that hard to train a dog. And it was something that I thought I'd never be good at. But if you get the right dog, they tend to read your mind anyway. So I guess it's just looking on your farm and going, well, whatever your budget constraint is, going, well, how is that spent? Because 
I think about our farms, like we've got, I don't know, maybe four or five sets of cattle yards for us to completely upgrade them to be state-of-the-art facilities where, you know, say we don't have to get in the yards of the cattle or the cost is completely prohibitive for us and probably would be for most farmers when you think of the competing demands of finances and, you know, where else you can spend your money on a farm. And then you've got your tractors, you know, you think, well, is everything guarded properly? You know, say you've got a post driver, well, the newest one's probably more safe than the old one, but can you afford to upgrade it? So it's really just about the farmer sitting down, having a bit of a plan and going, well, what can we do? And some things don't even cost money, you know, that you can just do, like allowing yourself more time, working out where you're wasting time so then you've got more time to do some important things. And you're thinking outside the square and realising that farm safety, if it's in the front of your mind all the time, you can do things a little bit safer, a little bit slower or a little bit more enjoyable. Sarah, I really like the fact that you keep on harking back to the point of enjoying your farm. That seems to be very central to all of the work that you're doing and a great foundation for building safe practices around that. Sarah McLean, thank you very much for joining me in the Ag Vic Talk studio today. Thank you very much, Drew. It was a pleasure to speak with you again. Thank you for listening to Ag Vic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government Melbourne.